Welcome to the Kenza Pod, brought to you by the Kenza Collective, a platform designed to teach parents how to leverage their existing skills and network to create a successful freelance business. On this podcast, we bring you inspiring stories from other parent entrepreneurs, and we share pro tips to help you build a sustainable business so that you can create a life and a living that truly works for your family. Hey there, welcome to the Kenza Pod. This is Tiffany Jones, Kenza Collective CEO and co-founder. This is part two of our Proposal to Paycheck series where I'm walking you through start to finish all the pro tips that I've learned along my career of managing clients. And um, in our first installment of this uh, series, we talked about how important the discovery call is and how you can use that to craft your proposals by asking really specific questions and really looking for red flags, looking for issues, trying to get out ahead of that so that you make sure that you and your clients are on the same page around expectations and boundaries and all of that super fun stuff. So I would really encourage you to go listen to that. I walk through the eight sections of my proposals that I always have Uh, three sections that I sometimes have. And then in the show notes, you can access a free Google Doc template that gives you an agenda for your discovery call, as well as all of those eight sections in the proposal, and then a set of questions for each section in your proposal to ask during your discovery call. It's free and it's super handy, and it's based on many, many, many years of experience dealing with clients. So in today's episode, I wanna talk to you about the value of emotional intelligence in your client relationship. And the value of really connecting with your clients on a deeper level and understanding who they are, where they're coming from, what's going on in the company, what their lives are like, just understanding the full picture of this other human that you are in a relationship with. We've all heard of, you know, how important it is to build that like, know, and trust factor, right? And, um, you know, of course it's important to be talented at what you do, but I would argue that it's even more important that you have a good set of interpersonal skills and emotional intelligence when it comes to working with your clients. You know, building a relationship is is grounded in honesty and integrity. It's going to get you a lot further with your clients than simply being good at what you do. You can be really good at what you do and really bad at relating with your clients and really bad at communicating and really bad at coming through on what you say you're going to do. And they could work with someone else who's good at all those things and maybe not quite as good at their craft. A lot of people are going to go with the people they enjoy working with, right? So it's important to pay attention to this nuance. So on today's podcast, I'm going to go through each category, the like, know, and trust. And I'm going to share some of the ways that I've gotten my clients to like working with me <laughs> and, and, I, and that how I've taught them that I'm leading them in the right direction. They can trust me in that and they can trust that I know what I'm doing and that I really do genuinely care about the project that I'm working on. Um, I almost never, I, I can't remember the last time that I had to go out and like find clients and go solicit clients, whether it's trying to connect with an old colleague or go on Upwork or whatever it is, you know, they, my clients either never leave or they always come back around, um, or they refer people to me. And a lot of times I don't have time for the the people that want to come work with me. And I'm not saying this to toot my own horn. Okay. I hope it's not coming across like this. I'm just saying this because I know that a huge reason why that is, is because yeah, I'm good at what I do, but I'm also fun to work with. And I try to, I try to be fun to work with. You know, I have this balance of 
being a professional with boundaries that I'm pretty strict on and, and my clients will tell you that even my friends and family will tell you that but I'm also fun and I understand and I'm understanding and I do obviously give leeway in, in a lot of areas and um, I work really hard to kind of cultivate that balance and to be really real with my clients to get to know them on a deeper personal level and relate with them and I'm telling you it goes a long way to be like that. You know, one of my goals in this series on client relationships and really with everything we teach you at Kenza is to help you not only create a lifestyle that works for you and your family, but to help you stand out from the crowd of other freelancers out there. You know, a lot of freelancers, independent contractors, consultants, whatever, they don't take the time to really dig into this type of stuff. Maybe they don't even realize how important it is. So the fact that you're here listening to this podcast and learning how to show up better in your client relationships tells me that you are a professional who is serious about what you're doing. So you're in the exact right place. All right, let's dig in. Okay, let's start with the like factor. So this is where you want to try and take the time to get a little personal with them. Now, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm pretty good about my boundaries about, um, what I allow, what I tell my clients about, you know, like I don't have my um, social media accounts, my personal social media accounts aren't open, for example. Um, you know, I don't complain to them. I don't, you know, I don't come onto a client call and go, Oh my gosh, my daughter just did not sleep last night. I am just totally exhausted. Like that's not something that you want to share with your client. Cause what's your client going to think? Uh, cool. So you're really tired. Are you actually doing good work on my project? Are you tired all the time? Like you just don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But what I mean is connecting on a personal level, like asking about their families. Do you have kids? How old are they? Oh, that's so cool. Um, do they play sports? Are they into games, movies? What TV shows do they like? Find common ground. And you never know where it may pop up. For example, um, I grew up in a family where we smoked cigars um, on family vacations and just it's kind of a thing in our family is smoking cigars. And um, one of my clients also smokes cigars and we connect on that. We talk about cigar shops he's been to in my area. I go check them out. He's like a huge cigar aficionado. He totally lit up when he was like, you know, when I told him that I smoke cigars and, you know, it's just one of those things in our relationship that just it took it to a different level. It's so interesting to watch how when you can connect on something like that, you know, like I like cigars, they're fine, whatever, but this particular client like loves cigars. Like he literally has a huge um, humidor with like thousands of cigars in there. He was gonna be like, I don't know what, it, I can't remember what it's called, like the sommelier of like wine, but for cigars, I, I can't, I don't know what the name is. So anyway, you know, but that really like, like he sent me emails of like, oh, look at what I just got. And it's like a picture of his new cigars, you know? And it's just like, it's silly, but it, it's a connection point and it goes a long way. So find something that you can connect on on a personal level. Try to do that in the discovery call process. You know, find that common ground. Um, other ways for this like factor to build this up is to be excited about their brand and about their project. Show them that you have done your homework, you've researched them, you've read their about page, you understand the story, the history of the organization. Um, ask questions, be excited about where they're going, what they're trying to do, be optimistic, um, and you know, just understand what they're doing. And, and show them that you're stoked to be helping them. That can also go a really long way. Just be excited. Show them that you're not, um, that they're not just another client on your roster. I've been in that position before where I've been a client and just really felt like I was another cog in their wheel. And not that they weren't great people, pleasant, awesome to work with. It wasn't any of that. It's just that 
I didn't, I wanted to be working with someone who cared about my brand as much as, almost as much as I do. I mean, no one's going to care as much as I do, but you know, that, that really took the time to understand my audience and understand what I was trying to do and really showed me that they were thinking about my brand and my project and our relationship together. Um, even when we weren't meeting and that's what I wanted. And so that's what I try and provide for my clients is to just show them that I care. Um, and then the, the last way that I'll share here about um, building that like factor is finding ways to delight them. Um, so this can be small, like maybe one time you're on a phone call and you recommend a TV show to them that they, you know, they may like or something, follow up in an email, send it to them, you know, make sure you send those little things over to them. Um, did you have time, maybe you're a graphic designer and you were working on something for them and you came up with this other totally wacky idea and you're like, oh, should I present it or not? Send it to them, you know, show, show them that you're, um, you're interested and you're excited about what you're going to be working on. Do you have a solution to a problem they've brought up that is not necessarily in your scope of work, you know, but, and, and not something that you're necessarily going to like execute on, but maybe they said something like, oh, you know, I just wish that we could be more organized or something like that. You know, maybe you could recommend a project management software to them or say, oh, I've had a lot of luck with this. You know, be that like go-to person, be the person that they ask a question to that, you know, you can help answer, be a resource for them, be that person that's like, oh, but that's Tiffany. I'm sure she'll know something. That's an awesome person to be. And that also really builds that trust factor too. So those are some tips for you to really build the like factor. Let's talk about the no factor. So in my mind, the way that this applies to your client relationship is helping them understand what it's like to work with you and what they can expect out of sort of the working relationship. So this helps them have expectations and just know what they're getting themselves into. Just like you want to know what you're getting yourselves into or yourself into. Um, so some of the ways you can do this is to, from the get go, like once you're in contract and you're starting the project, lay out a general plan and framework for the project and share it with them. Walk them through your thinking, talk to them about why you think we need to do this before that, before that. Um, say, you know, maybe three weeks in, this is when I would be expecting to deliver this. Um, share with them what you're expecting from them. You know, during the first three weeks of our engagement, I'm really expecting that there's gonna be a lot of back and forth between us and that we're gonna definitely need to be meeting once a week. Um, you know, just share with them how you are planning to go through this and basically prove to them that you know what you're doing, you're gonna be leading them and they don't need to worry about anything, you've got this. Um, the next thing is to remember that you're the one who does this all the time and they aren't. So make sure you're leading your clients. You know, don't use a bunch of lingo if this is not something that they're used to hearing. And obviously you don't want to talk down to them or, you know, anything like that, but, you know, make sure they understand what you're doing and why, and take the time to explain it in a way that is respectful, but that gets the point across. Um, teach them things, say, you know what, I'm going to walk you through this. Let me share my screen. Let me show you how this works. Walk them through things. Take that time. Help them walk away smarter because they worked with you. Um, and then the third way is to, I always encourage you to have weekly sync up meetings on the calendar. Um, so at the outset of a project, I will always say, okay, let's pick a time every single week um, that is where we can have a standing meeting on the calendar, whether we need it or not. And, um, you know, I will always throw out times to them. I always lead with the times that I would prefer, you know, so just to do Tuesdays at 10 or Wednesdays at three work for you, for example. 
and get those on the calendar, send them an invite, have it be a standing meeting. And you can always determine, you know, I, I don't think we need to, we can probably skip our meeting this week. You know, we, we kind of know what's going on, um, but try not to do that too much. This helps to just keep the momentum going. And again, just helps to set that expectation helps them know what's coming up, what's going to be expected of them. And it also helps them know what you're working on. You do not ever want your clients to wonder what you're working on. That is like, my worst nightmare. <laughs> okay, I'm being dramatic, but I don't ever want my client to have a moment where they're like, God, what's what's Tiffany even been up to? You know, what am I what am I paying her for? What's she doing? You know, I, I don't want any line of thinking like that to happen. So I will always err on the side of over communication. If I feel like there's information that my client may not realize, or maybe I know they're super busy and I just want to make sure they understand what I'm working on and what's coming next, I'll send them an email and say, Hey, just want to give you a quick little rundown of everything I've accomplished this week and what I'm planning to work on next week and maybe a couple questions I have for you. That's typically what I would go over in the sync up call that we have, but sometimes there's like just last week, this came up with a client. We had our call on Tuesday and by Friday, a lot had happened. And so I sent them kind of a recap of the week. I just always like, and even if they read that and write back, sounds good. Perfect. I just want them to know what I'm doing. And, and this is also going to go a long way with your clients to just be able to trust you that, you know, you got this. Okay, and then the final bucket is trust. So you really want your client to always know that you guys are on the same team here. Something that I think is really important to remember is that when you're working with a client, especially as an independent contractor, um, you know, there's kind of a set of baggage that both parties are coming to this relationship with. So on the client side, if they've worked with an independent contractor, freelancer, or consultant, or something in the past, whether it's at this particular organization or another, chances are they've gotten burned. Chances are they've worked with a not so great freelancer before, and they may have a bad taste in their mouth that they may or may not even realize they have about freelancers. And so they're going to come to the relationship with that. Not always, but you can pretty much count that that's probably happened. And I bet you've even had a bad experience with freelancers before. Um, and on the flip side, for you as the freelancer, you have probably been burned by clients before. You've worked with people who've treated you like crap, haven't paid you on time, haven't paid you at all, have gone dark on you, um, all the things that clients can do to freelancers. So I think it's important to recognize that and to just make sure that you go above and beyond to show them that you're different, to show them that you are not like those other people, that you do come through on your promises, that you show up to meetings on time, that you don't cancel things, that you don't make excuses, you know, that you are a, a pro and you're serious and that you are being hired to do a job and you intend to do it at the highest level possible. So show them that all the time. Here's some of the ways, that you, and then that's what's going to build trust. And that's what leads us into our final category here of trust. So a couple ways to do that. Number one is to pay attention to your intuition. Okay. So if you're in a relationship with a client and maybe they say something that you're like, Hmm, I, that's kind of weird. Why do they think that? Or I don't know, maybe they send an email and something kind of seemed off or something just kind of pings you pay attention to that. And if that does happen, call them. So this last agency, one of the agencies I worked at, um, there was someone on the team who would always say to me, uh, just pick up the phone, just pick up the phone and call them. And I remember when I first started there being really annoyed with that. Cause I'm like, I don't have time to pick up the phone. I have a million other things going on. Like, why can't they just this, that, and the other. But over time I realized that she was absolutely right. And the reason is because, and I'm not saying you don't know necessarily have to just pick up the phone right away and call them. Although some clients are fine with that, you know, schedule a call with them, talk to them. That's the point. 
don't send an email. If you have something going off in your intuition that's making you think twice about something, pay attention and then talk to them. You don't want to just let those things go because typically your intuition is right. Pretty much all the time your intuition is right and you need to trust that. And that's a huge part of being emotionally intelligent in these client relationships is seeing when something might be a little off and then being a professional and bringing it up and calling it out and talking through it and seeing what's going on. And I will guarantee you almost all the time, it's going to be a great decision and you're going to be so happy you did it. You're going to feel better. The client's going to feel better and you're going to move on versus not saying anything and letting that, whatever the issue is fester. Okay. Or let's say you thought you picked up on something, you talk to them, you kind of ask them about it and they're like, Oh my gosh, no, that's totally not what I meant. And you're like, Oh, okay. So let's say the flip side, you didn't say anything. You're going to sit there spinning your wheels saying, well, why did they say that? What, what did they mean by that? Did I do something wrong? Did I do something bad? When they didn't even mean that, think of all the energy you would waste on something like that. It's so silly. Save that energy for something much more productive than spinning wheels in your head when you could just have a conversation and figure it out. Okay. So pay attention to your intuition, pick up the phone, give them a call, talk it through. And then if something is talked about like a decision or something like that, always follow up an email. So here's a great example. Recently, I was working with a client. We had the scope of work ready to go. We got into the project and we realized it was actually this much bigger priority in the company that I could really help them figure out that we hadn't even really talked about in our scoping. So I approached him. I called him and said, Hey, I can see that you're really struggling with getting this other project through. Would you like me to take that on? And what if we cut, like put this other part of our scope of work on hold? revisit it later and I can take this on and we can just, you know, clean sort of switcheroo. Would that work for you? And he was like, Oh my God, yes, please. That makes so much sense. Let's do that. And it was so great. And then I followed up in an email and said, are we on the same page? This is what we're doing, right? We're removing this and we're putting this in and this is what I'm going to be doing and we're all good. And he was like, yeah, that's exactly what we talked about. So again, follow up in writing with, um, any kind of key decision points or negotiations or changes or anything like that in writing. Always, 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 always. Okay. So another trust factor, another way you can build up that trust factor. And I kind of mentioned this earlier is to really understand their business, understand where they're coming from, understanding what they've been through, understand where they're going, who are their competitors, what's their history, what's going on internally. Um, you know, are they trying to hire a bunch of people? Are they trying to get ready for a big event that's coming up? Is there a big launch happening? And even if you're not a part of that per se, you want to know that that's going on. And it's important to just show them that you care about the bigger picture here. And again, this is just building that deeper relationship. Um, you know, you can even bring it up. Like if you know their competitors in your work and say, you know, I took a look at this website of, of your competitor so-and-so and they're doing this and this and this, and I think we could do it better or whatever, you know, just show them that, that they can trust that you have their best interests at heart and that you're doing your homework and really taking the time to make sure that you're serving them really, really well. The next point I would say about this is, um, to test out what it's like to push back on them. So, um, I'm going to be talking about this later on in, in a few podcast episodes, but in, and even on social media, I think I've scheduled some stuff around this topic of vendor versus expert. So, you know, what is it, what does it mean to be a vendor and what does it mean to be an expert? You want to be at the expert level, um, which means that you are the leader in the relationship. You are there to guide your client. You are there to tell them what they need versus what they think they need or want based on your years of experience going through this. Again, remember, this might be something that they've never done before. 
and they're just guessing at what they think they need. And they may even feel a little bit insecure about the fact that they don't totally know. That's those little emotional intelligence things that you can pick up on. And that's why I say to kind of test what it's like to push back on them and figure out based on this person's personality, how you're going to approach it when they say they want this thing, you know it's not the right thing for them. And now it's your job as the expert to tell them in the most expert and professional way that actually I understand what you're trying to do, but here's a better way to do it. One of the ways, a little quick pro tip here that you can do that is let's say a client, you're working on something and they ask for, um, let's say it's a website and they say, oh, you know, I want to put, you know, these nine things in the navigation, um, in the navigation bar. And, and based on your experience, you know that you really shouldn't have more than four to five things in the main navigation menu items. So instead of saying that to them, what you could do is say, okay, let's take a step back. Tell me um, you're thinking about this. Tell me the problem you're trying to solve by putting all nine of those items in the menu and try to get behind the thinking and try to show them that your role in the project is to hear the problem and come to them with solutions. That's what you need to, you may need to remind some clients about is that, and you could even go over this in the discovery call and just walking through what it's gonna be like to work with you is by saying, you know, my goal is to solve problems for you. So your job is to tell me what your problems are and I'm gonna to come to you with solutions that are based on experience and based on my expertise. I don't want you, client, to have to be solving all of these problems. That's what you hired me for. So you can always come back, if you can say something like that in the beginning, you can come back to that and say, okay, I'm hearing that you want nine menu items. Can you tell me a little bit more about why why you're thinking that and kind of what, what it is that you're, what the problem is you're trying to solve by putting all of that up there. Hear what they have to say and then come at it from that angle, okay? So um, don't be afraid to sort of push back on clients and then always, you know, choose your battles. So sometimes a client's gonna want something and you know that it probably could be done better, but you can kind of tell because you're using that emotional intelligence that like it's just something they're really passionate about and they just really, really want. You know, not everything has to be a battle. Not everything, you know, you don't have to push back on everything. Um, so anyway, uh, just building that trust factor. You know, your clients are gonna trust you a lot more when you can come to them at, from that angle because they're going to see that you have a lot more experience than they do in this area which hopefully they know when they hired you and they're going to trust you to make the right decisions and as the relationship goes on they're going to start to learn oh if I need to do something I need to tell Tiffany what the problem is and, and I'm going to have her figure out what the solution is versus the other way around and, and it'll have a really nice um, effect on your relationship. So those are just some of my pro tips and the things I've learned along the way of how to build that like, know, and trust factor with your clients. And again, the reason why this is important is because this is going to help you, number one, understand where your clients are coming from and help you just empathize with them if, you know, something is going on in the relationship or in the company or whatever it is. Um, it's going to help you build deeper relationships, which can lead to longer term relationships with your clients, if that's what you want. And it can also lead to um, them referring you to other people because you have this deeper relationship. They know that you're invested in the work and invested in them and invested in the company. And that can go a long way. Prove to them that they are not just another cog in your wheel. All right. In our next episode, our part three of paycheck to proposal, I'm going to be walking you through some pointers on how and when to start wrapping up a project. 
uh, spoiler, it's not the last week of a project. You should be starting the wrap up process much sooner than that. And I'm going to reveal what that is in the next episode. And we're also going to be talking about how you can be looking for opportunities to pitch the next project to your clients and, you know, do that again, you know, two, three, four weeks before this project is ending so that you can seamlessly roll into the next one. So you can find that on the next episode of the Kenza pod. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And we're in clubhouse at Kenza collective so that you can stay in touch with us in the show notes are some other helpful links that you may want to check out. If you are interested in going a little bit deeper in what we were talking about today. And there's also a link to sign up for our newsletter so you can stay in touch with all the great resources that we have for you on your parenting and freelancing, working for yourself journey. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me today and I hope you have a good one. See ya.